In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. O God, the Father in heaven, have mercy upon us. O God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy upon us. O God, the Holy Spirit, true comforter, have mercy upon us. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He forgives and cleanses us for the sake of our Lord Jesus, who died for us in order to save us. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The Old Testament lesson is recorded in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, beginning at verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And he said, Please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be, while my glory passes by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The epistle lesson is recorded in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her 
with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Here ends the epistle lesson. The Holy Gospel is recorded in the Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter, beginning at verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God be praised for his glad tidings.
Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that by your grace you have instituted holy matrimony in which you keep from us unchastity and other offenses. We beseech you to send your blessing upon every husband and wife that they may not provoke each other to anger and strife but live peaceably together in love and godliness, receive your gracious help in all temptations, and raise their children in accordance with your will. Grant that we all might walk before you in purity and holiness, put our trust in you, and lead such good lives on earth that in the world to come we may have everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Our sermon text is recorded in Psalm 128, a song of ascents. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine, in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Fellow redeemed. If you were asked to name the greatest blessings of your life, chances are that family would be near the top of the list. While during the last 10 months, stay-at-home orders meant sp spending more time at home with our spouse and children than we planned to, we must admit that our families have been a source of comfort and support during these turbulent times. Since Jesus' first public miracle, turning water into wine, took place at a marriage feast, marriage and family is one of the focuses this second week after Epiphany. How fitting that Jesus revealed his glory by performing his first of signs at a wedding, since marriage was the first institution God established on earth shortly after creation, as the basic foundation of society. Jesus blessed the marriage with his presence and power, bringing joy and gladness not only to the couple, but also to those gathered there. 
Our lesson today, Psalm 128, both promises and praise for God's blessings on the family. Psalm 128 begins by identifying who it is whose marriage and family is blessed, everyone who fears the Lord. We normally think of fear as being afraid of someone or something. We have all had someone sneak up on us and make us nearly jump out of our skin. In the Bible, the appearance of angels is so frightening to people that the first words often spoken by them is, do not fear. But fear of the Lord is something more than surprise of terror. According to the explanation to the catechism, to fear God means to honor and respect him so much that we will not want to sin against him. Such fear includes being afraid of his punishment, but it is more out of healthy respect or reverence, standing in awe of God, knowing that God always keeps his word. We trust in him and his forgiveness. So rather than run away from him or cowering in dread before him, the person who fears the Lord clings to him in faith. Such fear is not something that is ours by nature, but rather a gift of God the Holy Spirit worked through his word. When we fear the Lord, clinging to him in trust, we will walk in his ways, living our lives according to his word. God promises that such a life will be blessed. Throughout our lives, God uses our family to provide for our daily needs, what we need to keep this body and life. Luther includes God-fearing spouse and children in his list of what daily bread means in the small catechism. Daily bread is one of God's blessings on the family, mentioned in Psalm 128 as well. Blessedness is described as getting to eat the labor of your hands. In our day and land, farmers think in terms of thousands of bushels, not merely getting to eat what you grow. Sometimes they may not receive a fair exchange for what they grow, in, measured in terms of what other laborers receive for a comparable effort and comparable work week. But there is never a question of whose it all is. It is theirs. And this is true of most people in our land. What happiness there is in that. One who fears the Lord is then promised the blessings of spouse and children. Psalm 128 reminds us that children are a gift from God. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. For husbands and fathers, your wife is a fruitful vine, not only in childbearing, but also in all areas of home life as she produces the fruits of faith, love, peace, joy, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For parents, your, your children are olive shoots, plants that in time will bear their own fruit. 
The family is one of the main settings for the sharing of the gospel, where the seeds of the gospel are planted and nourished as the faith is passed on from generation to generation. Contrary to the common way of thinking today that we should not force a religion upon our children, but instead raise them without it and let them decide for themselves when they grow up, the Bible makes it clear that instruction in God's word is a primary duty of parents. After giving the Ten Commandments through Moses, the Lord told the children of Israel, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. This duty is given to Christian parents in Ephesians. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. The New Testament gives us an example of the faith being passed from generation to generation in Timothy, to whom Paul wrote, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Psalm 128 promises, it shall be well with you, a blessing that scripture attaches to the keeping of the fourth commandment. As Ephesians 6 points out, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. In this psalm, long life means living long enough to see your grandchildren. May you see your children's children. The faith taught and practiced in the home is strengthened and nourished as the family worships together in God's house. The Lord bless you out of Zion. In the Psalms, Zion is a term for the Temple Mount, where God dwelt among his people and where they sought him. This was the throne of God's gracious presence in the midst of his people, just as he now lives in the midst of his congregation in his word and sacraments. Psalm 128 is part of a group of psalms called Songs of Ascents, sung in Israel by the faithful as pilgrimage songs, while the people processed great distances up to Jerusalem for the feasts of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Such a procession and pilgrimage for the great feast was a family affair. In Luke 2, a reading for the first Sunday in Epiphany, we read of Jesus, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. Entire clans and villages would travel together. When Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, Joseph and his mother sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. They did not realize that Jesus was back at the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. In this way, he was about his father's business, God's will and preparation for Jesus' ministry. Here Jesus declared and made it clear that God was his father. What he did was righteous, but his parents did not understand it at the time. Jesus was carrying out what it says in Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, 
who walks in his ways. God wanted to make such blessedness available for every life in the world. He showed us what kind of God he is by taking on our human nature. He made his love as real as the psalmist pictures by becoming a child. In the words of the hymn, O Christ thyself a child, within an earthly home, with heart still undefiled, thou didst to manhood come. He then offered that undefiled life unto death on the cross in payment for our sin to give us a place in God's family in the mansions of heaven. He rose again over death so that we can be sure that the blessings of forgiveness, eternal life, and salvation have been won for us. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and whose spirit is no deceit, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 32. Blessedness is available because God is that kind of God, a forgiving God, who does concern himself about us. Blessedness is yours when you fear that God, standing in awe of a love so great we need not be afraid, even though we are sinful. Blessedness is yours when you realize that he can and does do all things well. Blessedness is yours when deceit is gone from your heart and you follow through on such an awe by following his will by walking in his ways, saying with the Lord, thy will be done. In that awe, in that obedience, is the reason and goal for all our life's labor, in our marriage and family. Because of it, we can know blessedness. Though we endure the cross, we can despise the shame for the joy that is set before us. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. This psalm, which is a blessing on the family, is also a blessing on the nation, because as the family goes, so goes the nation. The blessing of a nation starts with godliness in the hearts of parents. Such parents fear God and keep his commandments. Their strength flows to the children through the contentment and peace it produces in the family. From solid families, as parents raise godly children, children who are our hope for the future, strength flows to the nation. Without such families, the future is dark. From such families, the nation and the church will find strength. God grant us blessings of a life lived under the fear and respect of God. May we see our families as blessings from God, in our relationships with our spouse, our children, and our grandchildren, God shows his power and mercy. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, as now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. Lord, you have manifested your glory in the sign given at Cana. You have restored creation through the shedding of Christ's blood, and now give us your grace in abundance. Give us joy and gladness in the revelation of your truth in the person of your Son. 
Lord of glory, you have gathered your church and sanctified us in your truth. Guide and direct Reverend Molstead, our synod president, and Reverend Harding, our circuit visitor. Preserve all vacant congregations. Send laborers into your harvest and sustain those whom you have sent. Lord of glory, you blessed the wedding at Cana with your presence and honored it with your first miracle. Strengthen and give your gladness to all married couples and their families. Be present in our homes and lives with your free and abundant forgiveness and preserve us in the true faith from each generation to the next. Lord of glory, preserve in wisdom our nation and our leaders, especially uh, President-elect Biden, Vice President Harris, our Governor Walls, and all public servants, including our armed forces, police, and first responders, send peace in our time. Lord of glory, you are the great physician of body and soul. Give rest, healing, and relief to all who are sick or in any need. Be with all expectant mothers and their children. Invite them to cast all anxiety on you, and so live in the certainty of your steadfast love. Lord Jesus, from your open side, your bride, the church, was formed and sanctified by your cleansing blood. Make your church a fruitful vine with many children who will rejoice with you at your table and celebrate your goodness now and forever. And we pray as you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.